You're listening to Solid Sound on Dublin South FM, and joining me online is... Hi, uh, I'm Hurt here. Thank you for having me, Christy. Uh, good to have you on, mate. Uh, we're going to be talking about some tunes. Uh, this first tune, uh, do you want to introduce it? Um, this is uh, one of my favourite tunes of recent, from one of my favourite albums of recent. It's called uh, Air About by Clipping. Excellent, yeah, good selection, bit of rap mixed for a bit different. Yeah, I, I love this tune primarily. Yeah, it's the only one with vocals. I tried to go with a more electronic selection here just because, uh, well, if it was like a whole much broader range of music, this selection could have gone on for about 60, 70 tunes or I would have spent all week making it. But I, I chose this one. Uh, this album's amazing. It's from uh, Splendor and Misery. It is like a concept album. Usually a dreadful idea, but these guys managed to pull out. Wicked, wicked. An amazing album about a guy trapped on a spaceship. a little tighter cause it ain't nobody dead yeah we who are about to bang them drums beating on a dead body riding shotgun talking that shit bitch bite your tongue see that ship over your city better run run your war is like a board game where he come from i already bored claiming your gang boom go to gun boy on some other shit check your solar system bitch don't let a motherfucker catch you sleeping at the wrong sun Son of haters and them in a orbit Higher than these motherfuckers claiming it's their purpose Turn and ask your partner why he started acting nervous Rack. Keep talking, that's lip service Rack. Decided it was time to hit the surface Cats, sleeping on it, write them off like cursive Drown a fucking hater, his experience immersive Now that he can feel it, call the doctors and the nurses up What you gon' do about it? Ain't nothing new about it Should've made the noose a little tighter Cause it ain't nobody dead Just some motherfucking riders Air him out Let him breathe Air him out Got the fire Air him out Wanna see Air him out Should've made the noose a little tighter Cause it ain't nobody dead Just some motherfucking riders Try to play a killer soft like silk soft. Old frail gas gotta pay for the milk lies. High off these lows when they step up in the party with it got up in AOs like some fucking O and college O's. Whips and chains, that's a game like it wasn't both. Back when I'm at cut. Slang with his partners trying to make his fucking name in the traps. All the way from Banchagara to the Kefa Hoochie track. Snatch a Hoochie with a smile, tap in front of back. If somebody try to stop you, tell that deck a backpack, 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 stack racks, invisible, five deep strap, hang out of black dirigible player shit is critical masses massive mass mass murderer massive barking at the moon that them been walked on hit the kill switch your ass still moving backwards when they choke you with that real trick what you gonna do about it ain't nothing new about it should have made the noose a little tighter because it ain't nobody dead just because i predominantly listen to rave music i never really listen to anything that's got lyrics yeah beyond yay party time yeah. and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> so it's got like a narrative or a story you know yeah well this album is particularly good for that just because like the whole the whole album is built on a narrative of um, a guy getting trapped alone in space on a uh, derelict ship being the only survivor and he just uh, keeps himself sane by Imagine the ship is real and listening to old rap tunes. Uh, it's just an interesting concept for an album. And the guy's just really good at words. So this is the only one with lo- vocals I bought. Oh, actually, no, the new metal tune at the end also has vocals. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, no, clipping, clipping I just really, really like because they had this perfect blend of like quite upbeat, uh, good lyrical flow, quite upbeat beats, but also like this like history of... Uh, 
Noise and Drone. Uh, I believe one of the guys in Clipping is um, former breakcore artist Captain Ahab. That rings any bells to you? Alright. Nope. Uh, fair enough. He's good. He's, he makes some of the, the best earlier stuff. There's a load of breakcore. I mean, you could talk breakcore all day. Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're about to get into some of that. Um, yeah. The next three tunes that are coming in now, um, I saw a little uh, trifactor of um, three tunes that really got me into electronic music. Breakcore. Not just breakcore, but like the early, like what, when people called it drill and bass and all those now forgotten names. Um, yeah, this is Venetian Snares. I was, like most other tall, glasses-wearing, long-haired nerds, a bit of a Venetian Snares fanboy for most of my producing life. Uh, so I had to include one track of his. And ultimately, it had to be Duffy. Different. Uh, I love Duffy. Just really, really depth. You've gone for the big three. Snares, uh, Pusher, and Twin, right? Yeah, that's right. Three, three tunes that I feel really like uh, pushed my direction of my own uh, musical inspiration for a long time. Maybe, maybe even a bit too pretentious for a while when I was completely convinced that everything should be difficult and complicated and fast. And it took a, a little bit of growing up until I started getting into like slower 4-4 stuff and like easier going rave music. I like these basses. Yeah, the bass on this is nice. But I love this one. Like, it has like such complexity to it. It's like um, like a really chip tuny, almost like psytrancey kind of thing, but. Like, I don't know, much more, much more inter interesting. The timbres and the textures are so, so cool to me. Always love this one. Uh, in case it wasn't clear, this is Duffy by Venetian Spurs. I wonder, is there a limit to complexity, though? To, to the point where it's too complex to be comprehended as music? I mean, my theory on this kind of stuff has always been more... If, if someone out there is enjoying it, for whatever reason it may be, then there can't really be an upper limit. If you've made it so complex that you've truly alienated everyone, including yourself, then maybe that's the limit. Yeah. So if at least one person likes it, it's not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, have a, I have an actual like a Stockholm Syndrome like approach to music. When I find myself like particularly like annoyed or, or confused by it, rather than wanting to like, uh, hate on it, I find myself intrigued and wanting to keep listening to it until I like it. Which is actually my experience of both Apex Twin, Venetian Snares and Autaka. When I first heard them, I was like, what the fuck, do people listen to this? And eventually they became some of my favourite things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you had to if you had to pick, and it's a tough one, right? If you had to pick between Snares, Square Pusher and Apex Twin, who would you go for as the Suprema of the three? I mean, that's a, that's a difficult one that, that, that kind of works in different standards. If it was my own personal taste, the one to have the biggest effects in my life would probably be Venetian Snows. Because, like, I got really into his, almost his entire output for a long time, which I can't quite say is as true for the Pusher or Twin. But then, for overall grand effect on musical culture, I don't think you and I get much more than Apex Twin. I mean, Apex Twin is so such a grandstand of his corner that he becomes, like, the go-to talking point for lazy music journalists who don't want to explore the scene too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about freaky IDM or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, Apex Twin. Yeah. And then, yeah, no one else is on the map, are they? But even outside of that, like, I think all three are great. 
say to people who would say, oh, this is just random noise? Well, it very clearly isn't. It's a 7-4. I always say, try making it yourself, because it's like so complex. I, it was strange ones I've always seen is I've, I've had like people talk to me Venetian Snares in like a positive thing. They've like, come up to me and been like, oh, I love Venetian Snares. It's just so random. There's no structure. My my pretentious compositional last brain is always like, no, there is. It's very well structured. It's just fast. <laughs> like all of these things, they're, they're in 7-4. They have uh, natural crescendos. They build into A, B and C sections. Like, <laughs> I, I would... I would say Venetian Snares is very, very deliberately structured for the most part. What do you mean by A, B, and C sections? I've never heard of that before. The most basic example of this would be talking about how in uh, more like folk music or songs, you'd have like uh, your A section, which would be like your first verse, and then your B section would be your chorus. You know, it's uh, electronic music is a bit more abstract than that for the most part. But it's, it's a way of the, the, uh, re referring to uh, parts of a tune that come back and reference earlier parts of the tune, so there's uh, developments as you go through it. Yeah, it's almost like a structure within a phase. Yeah. So I always refer to that as phase, and you've like, you got like, uh, you know, 164 bars is one, and then another 64 bars is another phase, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a new one to me, but uh, that sounds much more authentic to the whole electronic music scene than the terms I'm using. <laughs> I think everyone uses their own terms, right? There's no, there's no classical school of electronic music that says this is the format. This is. Yeah, no. I'm kind of grateful there isn't because, well, classical music is still stuck on using Italian terms from 600 uh, from 2,000 years ago. Uh, don't quote me on those numbers. I am not awake enough to be accurate. <laughs> Yeah, same, same, same. Like, I know, like, we're all just making it up. Like, yeah, that's right. So, out of snares and uh, into a bit of square pusher next, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I believe that's what's coming on next. The, uh, going through the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost of uh, fast and difficult <laughs> electronic music. <laughs> this is easily my favourite square pusher tune, I think. Uh, it's an odd one as well. Uh, do you know Square Pusher? I don't know who is he. <laughs> apparently he's uh, the brother of CFAX Acid Crew. Yeah, that's um, also apparently something that um, CFAX doesn't like to be reminded of. No. <laughs> well, I don't know, are you the older... You've got brothers and sisters, but uh, I've got an older brother. And for so long I've been referred to as my older brother's younger brother. You know, oh yeah, you're such and such a younger brother. Uh, so it must be nice to be referred to in other ways. I'm, a, I'm an only child, and I was thinking earlier how grateful I am to not have, as, as like a, a low-income creative child, I'm very glad to not have like a successful older brother for my parents to compare me to. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to dig at CFAX too, he seems fucking great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Best acid and chip tune music around. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so I think and he, I like his output more in terms of consistency as well. The square push has been very up and down, where C-Fax has stayed pretty consistent in the style. Yeah, yeah I mean, personally speaking, I would prefer to see C-Fax Bang Face than Square Pusher. But that's just me. I'm never a big fan of the headliners at Bang Face. 
Uh, I can safely say that Z-Pax has been the more, more, more fun one to watch there. <laughs> For real. Especially when he's shouting at his drum machines because they're out of sync. <laughs> yeah. And I also admire his disdain for the audience. There should be more of that in music. Absolutely. Uh, but on the subject of this tune, um, I like the you know, square push here, but it also... It's, one of, it's probably one of my favourites of his, but it also occupies a very interesting point in his production development, where I, I think it was like the last truly good tune he made. Like, I like Hello Everything, and I liked all the Daft Punk derivative visual stuff he was doing with um, Infabulum, but... This was like a peak for me in his music that he never quite recovered. But I love this tune, I think it's so well made. I don't, is that sound quite good? Yeah, it's quite good, but like... It, it, all, it all hit like pretty good, rather than the original feelings of like, this is some of the best stuff I've ever heard that I used to get from him. But I don't know, that could, that could well be a me problem. <laughs> it's subjective though, I mean, that's 100% of music, isn't it? It's all subjective opinion. Oh yeah, I mean... That's the most painful thing about it. <laughs> it's impossible to form an accurate opinion on any music because someone else is going to disagree with you and they're entirely right to. So tell me a bit about your house when you were growing up. Was there music in your house? Uh, no, not really. Um, my dad has some pretty good taste in music, but for some reason didn't really share with my mum, so music was never really played until I started. he started driving me around in his car. And then he'd break out a lot of things that I, I had no idea he liked that I'd already discovered by myself using the power of Napster. Um, bands like Hawkwind and uh, King Crimson and things like that, who I adore. Cool. Yeah, Hawkwind's a good one. Yeah, they are the one. Well, yeah, no, the main influence for me was like hanging out on um, chat channels like MIRC, uh, on certain subchannels and that and uh, being introduced to like weird american bands and electronic acts by people and uh, a combination of that and napster which and eventually Kazar and then Soulseek, which allowed me to discover music that just wasn't playing because i grew up in belgium in a fairly secluded area and for the most part like all of my music finding was completely self-propagated from being an online nerd one of the early adopters of the internet rather than anything that happened culturally. I, I didn't even go to my first raves until I moved here, and I was already 21 by the time I managed to get to uh, the first Bank Face, actually. Uh, and then the Bank Face Festival happened shortly after that and completely changed my perspective of dance music and and uh, what I wanted to make. So I'm very grateful and will continue to go to it for as long as it will keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will probably have a big old chat about Bank Face at some point. Um, yeah. But let's talk about Belgium. I mean, Belgium, big breakcore scene, right? But I guess when you were there, you yeah. didn't really know about it or <laughs> whatever. But that's more hardcore breakcore, right? Yeah, right. Well, I discovered that all independently. And then, um, yeah, I just came back. I came to England, got a bit more knowledgeable of that scene, and then found out that breakcore, uh, Belgium had this amazing scene that I was just not privy to. Like, my impression of the Belgium electronic music scene from my sheltered and yeah. too autistic to explore properly arse was uh, that it was all trance. Which incidentally, I actually do like trance now, but it took me about 15 years to come around to that. <laughs> I think you matter with age, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You drop a few pretensions, I think, when you get older. Uh, yeah, this is the 
the Holy Ghost, I guess, of the uh, fast electronic music. This is now Vaud Husband. Yeah, the Trinity. This is Vaud Husband by uh, Aphex Twin, which I believe is Gaelic for sailboat. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. It's definitely some language for Probably. sailboat. I just forget which one because I am a pleb. Because it was Avril 15 or whatever it was. Or uh, 14. Was uh, yeah. Cornish. Because he grew up in Cornwall, right? Oh, of course it was Cornish. I don't know why I'm saying it was Gaelic. Avril, Avril is, yeah, Avril is, Avril is Cornish for April. There you go. I knew, I, I knew my brain would come on eventually. If it makes any anyone feel any better, um, I'm Belgian, so I'm allowed to be confused about uh, traditions in the greater United Kingdom. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is a lovely tune. I always love the pads on this and the, the conflict between the really like soft, sassy like uh, keys and the kind of intense, complicated synthetic drums. I think this was the first tune that really spurred me on to like fast and difficult music. Absolutely adore it. He loves his synths. He loves his synths, doesn't he? Oh yeah, I love my synths too, man. As we're going to find out later, spoilers again, uh, a lot of what I comes from is from video game music, so yeah. basically chip tune is why I like synths. <laughs> we could talk about that in a bit as well, mate. Tell me, so you're from Belgium, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, grew up fairly isolated, went to a European school where we spoke English. Uh, it was an interesting school full of like diverse language sections of other parts of the European Union. Um, strange, huge... Uh, school that was a product of uh, an EU experiment. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of glad to be out of it. <laughs> and, and somehow you managed to end up in Bristol, right? How did that happen? Well, I first moved here uh, to study music when I was 19 in uh, Brunel in Uxbridge. And then after four years of doing that and getting to uh, completely useless for employment degrees in music. I, uh, I decided London and Uxbridge was a bit of a shithole and I'd like to go to Bristol because I'd heard wonderful things about it. Which ended up being true because I met a lot of really great people here. Yeah. Absolutely. I think like I sent you on Facebook earlier, I think 70% of the people we know are probably all in uh, Bristol. It's just a very, very highly likely aspect of being an electronic music producer. It's like 70% Bristol, 20% Sheffield, and 10% anywhere else in England. <laughs> but yeah, I'm grateful for uh, having moved here. Yeah. I've never seen Apex Twin live. It's one of my big things in my life. At some point, I'm going to see Apex live. Like, he's been, he's played a couple of gigs. I've just been like, yeah, I, think I could go, but I just don't want to be hanging around with a bunch of people who are like, oh yeah, the Aphex Twin, no, only one of them's turned up type people, you know? I want, I want to see him somewhere like Bankface or something like that, but uh, I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> yeah. I saw them in Bankface. Now you got me saying it. I saw him at Bankface, <laughs> not them. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I got a, it, was, it was really interesting. It was two hours of him playing in what was like uh, one of the sweatiest rooms ever. It was in that, that dodgy bank place in... Um, 2012. In Newport. Uh, Campus Sands. 2012, yeah, where the first hour like was so slow and it was so hot that most people, including most of my friends, left early. And my brain just went, no, I mean, I'm getting tired and worn out too, but I have to stick around. This might be my last chance to see him live. Mm. 
and over the course of the second hour it just got more and more intense and weird until he was just playing speedcore and I genuinely think it was one of the best sets I've ever seen by that point. Oh, that must have been magic. That was great. Not sure he played much of his own stuff though, he seems to just DJ things. Oh, video games now. Yeah, video games. Chip-chew. Why? Why Chip-chew? Oh, tell me about Chip-chew. Or maybe to start off with, what is Chip-chew? Uh, just because I grew up playing the Mega Drive. Well, Chip-tune is like an offshoot of video game music made by people who were just fans of the sound, uh, deciding to like make their own versions of it, which then got really big. And there were like, a lot of fantastic producers out there, like uh, Chippy Tech and Cirabon, uh, that are worth checking out. But um, this isn't authentically Chip-tune so much as this is a... Um, this is like from the Sonic 2 soundtrack itself. Uh, back in the day when people were just discovering how sound chips worked on the Mega Drive, and they would get like uh, capable jazz musicians to come in and have their own go writing stuff. And uh, I probably should have done some prep on this. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I test your skills. I'll test your skills. How do you pronounce this guy's name? What's this guy? Uh, Masato Nakamura. Uh, he. I was right. I didn't want to say it without checking Wikipedia first in case I look like a Featherstein. But he was, uh, he was a, he's like a pop artist for a J-pop band called Dreams Come True, who then invited to come and make the music for Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, and in my opinion, made some of the best weird chiptune funk in the world. Uh, he, was, he was let go for Sonic 3, and as rumours say, was replaced by Michael Jackson until Michael Jackson decided that he didn't like the limitations of the sound chip. There's a little fun fact. Interesting point is, is why, why is it so popular as a style of music? when you're limited to just a few bleeps and crash noises? Because uh, I think limitation causes a lot of creativity. It's, it's, and there's a nostalgic aspect to it as well, I think. Like, this to me feels really nice, even though it's old sounding and limited. I just, I just adore the sound. It makes me feel, there's something about it. It has a real, like, atmosphere or nostalgia to it. Everything we're going to now with the DJX Superhuman. Tell me about this one, man. Yeah, uh, this is what you call a nightcore track. It is a fast version with breaks of a pop tune I have never listened to, and I don't think I entirely ever want to. <laughs> <laughs> this was introduced to me by my friend Minor Science, who played an entire nightcore set at the last bank face. One of a real paradigm shift of a set, just. Pure, fast, intense, pop, poppy, weird music that I loved. How would you describe Nightcore? Uh, it's like through the veil on irony. You do. It's like when you do something as a joke so many times that you actually start really liking it, and it's no longer a joke anymore. That's Nightcore to me. Yeah. All of these ideas are like funny in their own right, but also just happen to be excellent. I kind of feel like it's like happy hardcore on steroids. Yeah, it is. It's that same vibe with a lot, a lot of like expectation and pretensions drop. A lot, a lot of like really good nightcore tunes are literally just Steve Aoki tunes at 50 BPM faster, and for some reason they sound great. It's like that's how the tunes should have been. I've gone back to listen to some of the original ones, uh, the original Steve Aoki tunes, thinking, oh, maybe I like this now, and I go, no, no, this is awful. But you hear the Nightcore 50 BPM faster version, and you're like, this is how it should be. Absolutely. This is great. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I, I picked this tune because this was a real tune of quarantine. I just, I've been obsessed with it. This and another tune we're going to hear later have been two tunes I've been blasting since the quarantine happened on a lot of my streams. Um, I just really like the feel and the excitement of this tune and the brakes. The brakes are amazing. I mean, God, it's delightful. It's like coming home. <laughs> It's just like power up, power up, power up. Yeah. Yeah, right. It just goes through. Oh, what a brilliant tune, man. It's like shooting for a tunnel yeah. at light speed on MDMA. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about Bang Face, right? You played Bang Face this year. You played it last year as well. You played it a few times? Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, last year would have been my second time, but this year even. Um, when I got to, as part of the Mutant Base Takeover, which I was absolutely, I was very, uh, very appreciative of, of uh, Sample Junkie and Kanji to invite me to play with them. It was a great set. I also played as Crest, which is a band that me I do with um, Sepper and Insert Gore, uh, which is a toothpaste themed punk breakcore band. That's a whole other story. I won't get into it too much. <laughs> but that was a great set too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love playing Bang Face, especially after being going for like a few decades. It's my favorite crowd. Absolutely. Um, oh, yes. Speaking of uh, tunes that I blasted way too much during um, quarantine, I'm dying, dying to play this one on Big Speakers Live when Corona ascends. Um, this is my favorite drop in a long time. It's a Sandmel uh, 2020 by Sandmel. We better not talk over the drop then. It's got a combination of that nightcore sound, it's also got a touch of the IDM sort of drum funky sort of ness, doesn't it? It gives me, it gives me like a, what if current value was a lot more fun, has been my joke about this track. <laughs> Not to this current value, he's made some of the most exciting flurries of snares, but this one I really dig it, it's just, yeah. It's got that hybrid, happy, hardcore feel, but also it's just really, really heavy. It's such a nice blend. Current value, they, they're drum and bass, right? It's a German act, yeah. Drum and bass? They are now. They used to do more stuff, more like this. Um, I'm not really as keen on the drum and bass stuff. But he's an excellent producer, so he does what he does. That drum and bass just doesn't do it for me, really. No, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan either for the most part, I'm going to be honest. I, after too much drum and bass, all I can count is the snare and the two and the four. There are some exceptions that I really like, but I, I could never do it a whole night of it. That's just me. It just really goes the whole boom, tick, boom, tick, boom, tick, boom, tick, boom, tick. It's like, oh my god, I can't listen to this for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's my problem, man. But uh, Sandmel, he's like part of a... 
he makes like really, really good juke too, and he's part of a group called Night Hype that I almost got one of their tracks on and played on my mix that I did for you uh, last week. Last week, yeah. He's like he's, a, he's part of like a crew of Japanese producers that I've fallen completely in love with, who just have such like a fun rendition of our our kind of sounds with much more intensity. Like, yeah, he's great. Oh, speaking of, here's another one. This is um, this is from a compilation called Hybrid Monster. Um, this is Red Alice Enterprise. Just Gary, this this tune feels like Garage played a bit too fast, and I love it. <laughs> another tune I've been slamming away too much. You like a lot of squeaky music. I'm not a big fan of squeaky music. I like, I like, I like dirty bass and breaks, you know. Oh, I love that too. This this is. But I, I have a man to put some on here as well. But I, it, it was my, you can blame my friend Minor Science and his set of bank face on the Sunday for this because it just completely flipped me around on it. I didn't think I liked squeaky music and now I'm just like, I love it. Something happened, man. <laughs> if, if I showed this music to me 10 years ago, my, yes. my 21 year old self would have been disgusted with me for enjoying this stuff. <laughs> but I, I just love the rhythm of this tune. Yeah, I often wonder about, you know, what would happen if you went back to, like, say, 1992 and showed someone, or played someone something from, like, you know, Breakpool Speed or Extra Tone or whatever. They go, this is what people are listening to in the future. Like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think some people would be open to it. Some of the, um, the late stage 21st century composers, like, would have been like, yeah, I don't understand this at all. It must be great. <laughs> Anyway, what's the story of Crest? Crest is a project that was made um, between... It started with my friend Seppa, who will hear one of his tunes later, and uh, my other friend is like, cool, they're two friends of mine from university, and we all make music with together. And those two started, like, as a joke, a kind of quickly produced breakcore speaker act that I didn't realise what they were doing and thought it was hilarious, so I insisted I I, I join in. And over in time, we started taking the productions more seriously. Uh, the way we write our music is always the same. We go to either mine or Sandy's house, uh, drink a lot of beer and try and bash out a tune in a day, and then maybe fix up some mixing processes afterwards. But largely, it's like we find a, a funny joke or some weird reference on YouTube about toothpaste or toothbrushes and turn it into a hardcore or breakcore song. And uh, it's been fun. Sounds, sounds like a good strategy. I'm listening to this bit. So I'm just listening to this bit. That's almost chip tuny, isn't it? In, the, in its sort of arrangement. Oh yeah. Vibey. And a level, right? It's definitely got feels of it. I, I just like the the garage sound of that speed. <laughs> But I like Garagey Square where people do. But yeah, that'll be the last, I think, of, of 
Oh no, I don't know actually, I can't safely say. Maybe I did sneak more squeaky stuff on here. I apologise ahead of time, if I did. <laughs> oh, we'll see how we get on. There's more Nightcore coming on anyway, I know that much. Oh yeah? Ah, oh, man, I can't help myself. I kind of like Nightcore, Nightcore, I do like it because it's like... Because the thing with Nightcore, or any sort of music, is, is how does it make you feel, you know? Um, and, 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 you know that, that's got to be the primary thing, right? Oh, for sure. If you if you like it and it makes you feel happy, it's a winner, right? Yeah, it is, absolutely is. Um, speaking of which, uh, just want to pause to talk about this tune that's coming in, Orange, Orange Dust. Um, uh, it's a Skeletons by Orange Dust. This is... Uh, I, used to, I used to like hang out on like a forum when I was a kid, like 17 years old, and this guy was like my first true introduction to Breakcore. This guy who does all these Halloween-themed Breakcore glitchy stuff. Australian guy who's since basically quit music, I think, to become a graffiti artist all the time. I'd like to be wrong about that, but yeah. And all of his music, tragically, is only up in 128 kbps, but I wanted to include it anyway because it holds such like a um, an important place in my heart. This would be my sort of vibe. It's sort of like just going for it. Breaks. Yeah. Same. You can see yourself going off on this one, like, you know? Bass. Yeah, right. One of the first things that truly pushed me away from, um, like band music and realised that all of this really glitchy fast stuff was great. I also like the um the comical like funny bones like Halloween vibe to the whole like melody. <laughs> Does that mean hurt dear? Where did that name come from? What's it mean? <laughs> Uh, I started a band with a friend, with some friends when I was 15, and I literally pulled the name out of my ass, and they didn't like it. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, I pirated a copy of Fruity Loops and released a terrible tune that had no skill or ability to it, and put it up as Hurt Deer because the name just resonated. And so the legend was born. I'd like to clarify that because um, I've received shit from it and people in the past, uh... including my own gran asking me. Um, I'm not. I'm not advocating hurting deer. The idea was that it's a deer which is hurt. I'm the hurt deer. Uh, yeah. Some people have like called me cruel for that name. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Baby Shaker and Beat Wife probably had the same issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't Beat Wife change the name? Oh, it was Shit Wife who changed their name. Yeah. I mean, at those, at those point, those guys are leaning into it. Yeah. But Beat Wife changed his name to Rockenbach. Oh, did he? I had no idea. Oh, I'll have to look up that. I wonder what happened to him. Yeah, no, he's making great stuff. Oh, it's all in Love Love Records. Another, another funny story about the Hurt Deer name was um, I once got congratulated after a gig for my uh, Chaucer reference. And I, with my name, and I, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I went home and looked it up, and apparently a big character in the Canterbury Tales is the Hurt Deer. <laughs> so, you know, since then I like to pretend that was absolutely deliberate. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredibly minor character, but still, nice to look worldly. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this and the, and the roles. Yeah, this guy is really talented. I, I've been harassing him to like send me some stuff for a long time, but he's he seems very adverse to interacting actively on the internet. I hope he's doing all well. Wherever you are, Orange Dust, I hope you're doing great. I still love your music. Yes, it's funny in Breakport, some people just make absolutely beautiful music and they just completely disappear. Yeah, I feel like uh, a common theme of Breakport artists 
just to become ashamed of making breakcore. <laughs> I've seen it happen many times. <laughs> the guy also makes really, really good hip-hop. So this tune now is a uh, false noise tune called Serpentine. Do you want to talk me through it a bit? I mean, uh, what's the story here? Uh, yeah, this is a guy uh, I discovered through Twitter who uh, he, he, was, he was liking some of my, my tweets and I noticed he made music, so I had a little listen and um, I thought it was like some of the best stuff I'd heard in a long time. I don't normally go for a lot of the very sound design heavy drum uh, and bass influence stuff, but because a lot of it ends up being quite transformery soundy and robotic, whereas this guy manages to take sound design and make it really harmonic and lush and beautiful. Like, it's just truly unique. Uh, I really like what he does with it. It's, it seems, it seems like it has that kind of like uh, special sound design, impressive quality without sacrificing how musical or atmospheric it all is, and without losing his own own take on it. I actually struggled for a while picking which tune to play of his because a lot of them are really great from his last two EPs. Not many women in Breakpool. Why is that? I just think. It's just, <laughs> just often wonder that. Like, there are some out there, but it's like such. It's just a. Uh... Yeah, no. <sighs> Why is that? Oh terrible? shit! Now I feel bad. No, I should have. This fox though, she's great. Um, oh, absolutely, she is. She's amazing. There should be more women. Yeah, it's good. Actually, good call. Actually, yeah, fox dies. Cheers. Fox died. Bang face, man. Oh god. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Uh, while, we're, while we're here, I'm also going to pick up Paige Julia from New Zealand. She's done some of the most interesting, again, drum and bass stuff I've heard for a while. And that's coming from a person who doesn't really like drum and bass. Again, um, yeah, I, I generally should have included more. That's your bus, DJ bus replacement service. Dang it. Not a good ally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, she, she's great as well. I, I had no idea it was a girl, actually. Yeah. Uh, Oh. Shame, I, I just always listen to the music. That's the thing, you listen to the music. You don't I, I, that's not to say I assumed, I assumed she was a guy, but. <laughs> yeah. No, it is a problem. I think like the electronic music scene still, it still lacks a lot of like. It's still a very sausage-dominated scene, of which it would be nice to hear like a lot more diversity come, and we're getting there. I think about like yourself, I mean, I would always try to positively discriminate towards being more inclusive with the selection and, you know, trying to help people, you know, offer that handout and help people up um, in the scene, you know, to be more inclusive, definitely. Um, but unfortunately, I just don't feel there's enough people out there that actually want to get on the bus. 
I mean, I, I remember the time I went to Boomtown and every tent was playing the same five songs over and over again. <laughs> that was a difficult one. Um, but I mean, my, my aim with the selection I put here, and, and I made like, maybe there's a bit of a lack of foresight that I didn't put more thought into the diversity of it, and I, I will accept that. But uh, I tried to pick tunes specifically that I thought weren't listened to enough that I feel like should have more spread. Uh, with the exception, of course, the Venetian says Square Pusher and Apex Twin. <laughs> Who everyone knows. I just wanted to put them in because they were important to me. Well, that was the remit, right? Pick out tunes you like. So. Yeah. Yeah, right. But also, uh, it did, but also tunes that I feel like aren't liked nearly enough. Yeah. And the thing with Fox Dye is she doesn't really release tunes, she puts out mixes more than anything. That's true. Oh yeah, this one is Sepper. Um, he's one of the other guys in Crest with me. Uh, he's also the brother of Minor Science, and his music seems to have been kind of influenced again by the Minor Science mix at Bankface I mentioned earlier. He, he's done a lot of really great, like, half-time stuff under Slugwife. But he's been exploring a lot of 160, 170 stuff recently, and uh, this is Don't You Worry by him that's been released on Lightball for Total Sluts recently. That's a great label. Oh, I love this tune. Sort of, I've known this guy for a long time, it's one of my favorite things he's done. It's a great label. Can I love the bass? Yeah, uh, Sandy's got some of the bass design, that's paper design. You can imagine that on a big sound system, you haven't heard it already on a big sound system, on a big sound system, that would just tear the face apart. The thing is, he, did, he, he made this right after Bankface, and of course, right after Bankface is when we were all to stay, told to stay inside. There's, I've got like folders of tunes that I'm, just, I'm tempted to put on my own night as soon as we can again, just so I can play this music myself. <laughs> I don't normally like to listen to like play sets that aren't my own music, but some of the stuff I've been like listening to and recording to has been too good that I always want to abandon that principle and play that instead. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, which is kind of a funny one. What sort of music do you make? Uh, I, always, I always feel kind of weird being to ask this question. It's, it's kind of dependent on on what I feel like making at the time. I like to say that I make somewhat funk-based music that's led by the bass and is danceable. Because I've gone all over the place. I've, I've never really had the patience just to stick to one style and master it. I just like too much music. And that has, I think, been somewhat of a discredit to my ability to be booked or uh, make way for myself. But it is the only way I can stay interested in making music, so I'm stuck with it. I used to, I started off making breakcore, and then uh, I was making like halftime stuff and techno ideas for a while. Now I'm like looking into the baseline, uh, but it, it doesn't sit with me. I make like jukey stuff as well. I've made I released like a half hip hop, half jukey EP earlier this year. I got like a, a weird baseline EP coming out on Influx in a couple of months. Next month, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm looking forward to that coming out. I've been sitting on it for a while, and I'm really happy with it. So I hope everyone else enjoys it. 
Uh, but yeah, like, I always feel really awkward when people ask me what I make because I want to always kind of go, I always want to kind of shrug and say I make music that I think is good, but it's not really a satisfying answer, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's a good answer. Like, you know, that's why I deliberately ask it. Yeah. I, I, I like to say I make stuff that sounds like me, and that's the common theme out of it, is that it, it doesn't really sound like it was made by anyone else. And I think that's, if you can achieve that with your music, then it doesn't really matter the genre you make. You shouldn't worry about it so much. It's kind of a hard thing as well to master different genres. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do have an anxiety about being a jack of all trades and master of none sometimes. But people seem to like my music, so and I play uh, good that. It also plays into the fact that I like, whenever I see live sets, I like for it to change and go take me different places. I, I don't want to see a set that, that puts me in the same mood for an hour because I find that really exhausting. Yeah. Uh, I, I like variation of speed and I like intensity to ramp up and die down dynamics, so. Big time. I try to make sets that reflect that somewhat. I think what's interesting is when you get people, artists, that make music in a genre that's not their main genre, or they change genres around because you get more of a, uh, of a to use your phrase, potpourri of styles put together. Whereas you get people that are well known in a particular genre. Yeah. I mean, let's just take uh, Noisier, for example, right? If you go see Noisier, you know what you're going to get, you know? Whereas if you go and see someone who's a very eclectic person, uh, you're going to see something... You're going to be taken on a journey, aren't you? You know? Well, the, the interesting aspect about that is I, I know Noisier have like diverged, diverted from their normal live setup and made, they've made some really, really cool tunes. And I've never heard them play those tunes live. I've only heard the less interesting drum and bass ones. I couldn't name a single Noisier tune. Um... I can name Machine Gun, that's the only one popping in my mind right now. This tune is um, Sample Junkie's remix of 4P's Power. I had the great pleasure of living with uh, John, Sample Junkie, last year. Lovely guy and good friend of mine. Um, I'm including this one primarily because like, I was really, really averse to uh, baseline for a very long time in my life. I'm not sure why, I just had a weird kind of um, resentment or something against it. And then I took some illicit substances at Bangface and heard an entire Off Me Nuts set and my brain switched entirely into, no, this is actually great and really funny. Mm. And then um, I'd always kind of liked uh, Kanji's stuff and I listened to much more of um, Sample Junkie stuff as well. And I hit that middle ground of bass line where it had, had like really interesting bass design. Like, this is a great drop. I love this drop. I felt like this before. <laughs> So when you're trying to convince the lads to get you on the mutant bass takeover, would, did you open with, I don't like baseline? No, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd well mentally transitioned away from that bullshit at that point. No, I'd uh, start having a go at making some myself. Oh, hang on. Just a bit more. Oh, yeah. A lot of bass on this. That's why I love bass music. Yeah, the production of this is amazing. This is one of the first tunes I'd heard from him that made me really excited about what felt like a much more serious bass line. There's so much bass going on, so many different stars going on, like, you know? Yeah, it's a fantastic tune. Um, I mean, John's made a, a lot of amazing tunes. Um, and it, it was a real honor to be allowed to, like, join the Moon Bass guys, because I love, I love all of them. 
Ritalin, John, Coxon, uh, Kanji, uh, yeah, Buzz, all great people. Audio gutter? Audio gutter, yeah, of course, audio gutter. Actually, I deeply regretted not including one of audio gutter's tunes after I submitted this, because he's a very, very good friend of mine. Yeah, that's some great stuff. The problem with music is there's just so much. There's just so much out there. There's so much. It's just like I say I feel bad about not including Dan, but there's about seven other people I feel bad about not including. And I had to hit a limit at some point and play some tunes that weren't my friends too. <laughs> I went with a rule of two. Two two for my friends, two video game tunes and two Michael tunes. <laughs> Good selection. But Dan, Dan's a really talented guy, and I implore anyone listening to listen to his music as well. Good old get Yeah, he worked on a tune recently, uh, I don't know if you know the guy, Sam Brakes, Samurai Brakes. Yeah, I know Samurai. Samurai Brakes, had that EP come out on uh, Off Me Nut. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Oh man, just, you can spend all day talking music, right? Yeah, easily. Also had the nice privilege of hearing some of those tunes early. Dan's also been very, very productive over the course of this quarantine, and uh, I would impress on everyone to go and check out the free EPs he's released. It's the trouble with this quarantine, though. I think some people have been saying that they just find their creativity just completely evaporated. It's like you're locked in the house for a month. Great, I get onto some music, but it's like yeah. nothing comes out. I had the opposite effect, man. I was fully planning to go and learn a new skill. Like, I wanted to practice 3D modeling and programming. And then suddenly I got really into making music again after being a bit like, eh, about it prior to Bangface. Weird how Bangface was so inspiring. Yeah, always always feel, I mean, I've no time for making music myself, but every time I go to Bangface, I think maybe this year I just knuckle down and just try really, really hard to make something. But I was yeah, to make something, it just, it just, it just doesn't work. It's, I, I equate it to like, you know, if you're making a, making a meal from scratch yeah. and you just open the cupboard and just throw everything at random, Theoretically, someone skilled would make something beautiful out of that, but I always feel like it just ends up as a big bomb gray whenever I try to make music. Well, there is, a, there is a very important difference that I apply between the two, which is with um, meals, you don't have an undo button, you don't have a delete key. Yeah. Whereas my approach to writing music is to pretty much throw as much shit as I can in there until I find something that excites me, and then I get rid of everything else and work with that. It's um, a difficult process. Uh, but I, I would employ everyone to, who wants to make music to do it without worry about being liked. Just just go for it. If you make bad music, it's all practice. I can't even get past my own gate of acceptability because I, I really suffer from next day syndrome. Oh, what the hell was that rubbish I thought was great last night, you know? Oh, maybe give it another day. Uh, before, before we run out of time, this is a tune by Akira Yamaraka. It's a very short song. Uh, this is Ustagi from... Uh, the Silent Hill 2 bonus soundtrack, which I included because uh, this soundtrack and the games, the games are amazing, but I actually discovered them through the soundtrack. Um, the Japanese video game composer who makes really, really bizarre atmospheric music inspired by trip-hop and hardcore and jungle. And this is like... There, there are many tunes I've included from him, but I, I dropped this one in because it had that whole, like, it had a great rolliness to it. And, uh... His entire output's just very, very important to me and, and, and why I write music. I just I love the tone. I, I released a, an EP, an album, which is like a tribute to him, basically copying his style called Pleasant Lake, because I love it too much. Does that count as chiptune? No, not really, because chiptune is more into when uh, music was made by an unborn chip on the, on the processor. Whereas we're talking about the PlayStation era, where everything was like on, on disc. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, what are you doing to me now? Drum core? Yeah. A bit of heavy metal, right? Or... Yeah, I wanted to include some metal in here, but... Um, and in the end, well, I got two metal tunes in here, spoilers. But I put drum core in here because this was a tune that me and my friends were completely obsessed with when we were in our early 20s. One of the first indictments that we all loved breakcore and started going to bang face over. And this, is, this tune is great. There's a lot of really great drum core tunes, but I love this one, Down. What did you think of Napalm Death at Bangface? I, I had a great time. They, they felt really out of place, but like, um, yeah, it was actually, I actually really always wanted to see them live. Yeah. And they were great. Absolutely agree with you. Like like I say, I only listen, listen to rave music. I used to be into punk years and years ago before I got into rave. Um, but yeah, Napalm Death at Bangface, man, that was something special. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I was a big metal guy before all of my dance music stuff as well. Got, got into my main love of music through new metal and then like more pretentious metal like King Crimson and Tool. Uh, I don't know why I call King Crimson metal, that was unnecessary. They deserve better. But um, I don't even know who King Crimson are, so you say for me, mate. Uh, we, we could have another hour of me trying to convince you to love King Crimson, but that's for another time. <laughs> They're amazing. They're an old prog band run by uh, one guy. I love the energy in this. this. The energy in this is unreal, right? It's like, just just doesn't stop. Yeah, it's great. It's like the perfect distillation of metal and breakcore. It's like so well structured and heavy. And it does that classic Aaron Spector thing of bum, 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 ah, ga, ga, ga. He yeah. loves that. He does that all the time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a trademark. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of um, electronic guitars, electric guitars, like in rave music. I find some people use it and it just sounds, just sounds, just, yeah, you know? But this, you know, I think when they actually, I assume he's obviously gone and got proper musicians to actually record these pieces. No, no, just the zone guitar playing. He's always oh, a big zone guitar playing. Oh, right. So, yeah. But, it, yeah, it's but then it's added carefully and mixed. He also did like a great EP split with Animosity, which is like just very strange, weird, and excellent remix of Animosity tunes. They were like a very, like, all over the place uh, metal band that I love dearly. I haven't, I haven't seen much from Aaron Spector for a while, actually. He used to be, he used to make a lot of amazing stuff that I loved. Maybe I've just not been paying attention. Uh, the last thing I could think of is stuff that came out on Destroyer Boy, which is more jungle. Oh, yeah, that's something I mean, that's what he probably used to make before his drum core project. So. Uh, speaking of metal, this is this is my final track. Yeah. I think this was my introduction to dance music, uh, besides Slipknot, Silas. So this is a Static X, who were like a... I was either going to pick these guys or Rammstein as being my introduction to um, dance music, because they're both metal bands with like a distinct uh, industrial and uh, hard techno influence. But I kind of love Static X. I picked them inside because I thought people would be less likely to have heard of them. Cool. Yeah, I mean, this is why I love doing this and talking to people about music and, you know, the guest mixes and all that lot. It's, there's so much music out there. You know, like, I would recognise nearly all of this music, but I don't know who any of these people are, you know? I mean, there's obviously snares and what have you. I know them, but I've never heard this before. Yeah, I got, I got given this album for free and I fell in love with it. Especially, like, I'd like to pick this tune particularly because it's, one of the more like obviously dance music influenced ones on the album. Yeah, 
just like a great mix of like a solid riff and like a pumping beat. Nice one. Well, I mean, that comes to what we're coming towards the end of the last tune, man. Um, thank you for taking the time out to talk to me. Hey, thank you for inviting me on here, Christian. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah. It's, it's nice to talk about music I love. It's, uh, it's a rare, rare treat. I mean, it's a real danger because <laughs> if this was like an authentic like mix of all tunes I love, this would have gone on for a much, much longer time and we've gone on all sorts of weird places. But I, I hope I could distill like uh, 15 tunes that mattered the most to me in, in my career with dance music and uh, I hope people enjoyed them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cheers for taking the time out to actually pick on the list and uh, all the rest of it, man. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, normally I finish out with, well, where can people see you play? But that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the internet, maybe, at the moment. Yeah. I guess type Hurt Deer into Google and uh, away you go, right? Uh, might, we might be doing a little fun online stream in a couple of weeks. It's a talking stages of planning, but uh, look out on the internet for me, Sapphire, Amir, and Sample Junkie. We might be doing something for a little bit of fun in a couple of weeks. Or we might get lazy and not do it, but that's the best I can offer you in terms of my set at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cheers, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks a lot now. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day too. Thank you for having me. Have a good uh, have a good evening. Yeah, likewise, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.